What's up, Internet? You're tuning into episode 109 of Nintendo Noise, Slip Screen Games Weekly Nintendo Podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. It's good to be back, and it's good to have the show back. Yeah, I'm really sorry that we missed it last week. We recorded an episode, and then midway through, I don't know if you were aware, Pete, while you were away, Discord kept going down. And so we were in the middle of recording an episode. Discord was like lagging out and then just like shut off. And then we like moved over to somewhere else. And then the audio wasn't recording properly. And so we like started that again. And by the time it was like, we'd finally got it all working. Max had like 10, 15 minutes before he had to go because he was in the middle of moving house. <laughs> so it was just like, oh God, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so we had like the 30 minute episode after like an hour and 15 of recording. The fates conspired against Nintendo Noise last week, but, uh, you know, we're here. We're here to make it up to you this week, and we're going to have a, a banger of an episode. Uh, and, of course, I know a bunch of you wrote in with questions specifically for Max to get some of his takes on uh, some of the Switch 2 rumors and stuff we talked about the last couple weeks. Well, I'm happy to report he should be back uh, at a more full-time capacity with us now that he is is uh, done with his move. So, hopefully, we'll be able to get him back on the show in the next couple of weeks, and, and he can answer all of your Nintendo Switch 2 questions again, and you can actually hear his responses this time around. But uh, yeah, and, and I know he's the only one of us that's finished uh, Tears of the Kingdom, which is why Andrew Valentine was writing in. Bug him in Discord because he told me that he's going to be more active in Discord. So if you want to talk to him, find him in our Discord. You can find the link on our website for Green Door Games. There you go. So we'll we'll have to have him back on soon to uh, to chat about all that and more. But we've we've got some some fresh news this week to chat about. Of course, we're gonna kick things off with the news that online services for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U are going to be discontinued as of April 2024. I frankly was uh, unaware that it was still online. So <laughs> um, this is this was very much news to me. So I, it's, I think it's fine. Personally, my gut reaction is like, okay, you know, I guess all the people playing original Splatoon, it's a bit sad for them, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's unfortunately the way that these things go, right? Like as we approach a new console yeah. generation, right? Like support for the older stuff is gonna fall by the wayside, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think Splatoon is probably the big casualty, right? Like not to say that there aren't other online games on those platforms that people are, or have been invested in, right? Like stuff like the original Mario maker, stuff like that. But you know, a lot of those games as the sequels have come out, right? Those, those communities and that activity has dwindled, but like, we know that people still play the original Splatoon, right? And mm -hmm. it's a shame that, I mean, it's going to, it'll be gone. You know, there won't, there won't be a way to engage with it anymore. Genuinely, though, I thought this had all shut down when the Miiverse closed down. Do you remember that was like yeah. last year or the year before? And they shut that down and they shut the eShop down. But, you know, next year marks the 12th year of the Wii U's life. I think 12 years for online services is a reasonable. pretty reasonable time period. Yeah, It's lasted a whole generation of the Switch. We're probably going to get the Switch 2 next year. I think if you can kind of hold on to your online services... For an entire generation, I think that's fine. I, mean, I also kind of hope that this means that some of the archaic stuff that goes along with it, the baggage, crossed. like the friends codes and things like that, maybe can be forgotten about and we can move on to a new system. We'll see. I mean, that would be nice. I'm not going to hold my breath, but we'll see. 
Um, That's me smoking that hopium again. Yeah, and I respect that. You know, I'm glad we we're mm. we're very we're we're big on hopium around here. But uh, you know, the the April 2024 number feels kind of interesting to me, right? Because that's our understanding is that you know it's sometime early to mid 2024 is like when we may get you know uh, our first look or or maybe even our first hands on with the Switch Two. Maybe those things are lining up right there, right? Where they don't want to be uh, supporting, you know, four different SKUs at that point, right? Between the 3DS, the Wii U, the Switch, and its successor. It makes sense, right? Um, There are some specific details I do want to provide here in case you are one of the people that are still out there playing uh, on 3DS or Wii U. Like, I know know some of you do. I know. We talk about it on the Discord. I know Chewy still out there playing some of this stuff. Uh, so what we know right now is, and, and this is directly from Nintendo, right? April 2024, online play and other functionality that uses online communication will end for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U. And that also does include all software that's exclusive to the, the new 3DS, uh, which unsurprising. Um, that also includes online co-op, internet rankings, and data distribution. So that's not just online play that will impact a few other systems. One of the ones that they did highlight was uh, the Nintendo Nintendo Badge Arcade, which is something that Steve and I were both like, I don't, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure that I've heard of that. So I, yeah, I, I, I had to look it up. It's like crane game mini games that you can like get badges and stuff. And, and then you can use those to like customize your home screen and stuff, which like I kind of remember, but I digress. I am very interested if anybody in the community uses this functionality. This sounds like the type of very weird bullshit that Chewy would be like very into. He has thousands of these badges, I bet. Right? Yeah, quite possibly. It also says they're all just stored on the SD cards. I wonder if you can just download these online somewhere and just shove them on your SD card. What what they said is... so, And if, if you use Nintendo Badge Arcade, you'll know what we're talking about, right? So what's what we're looking at is... If you try to launch it post the service closing down, you'll get an error result. You'll no longer be able to place badges in the badge box. So what that means is, uh, it says here, once the service ends, badges obtained in Nintendo Badge Arcade will continue to be available for decorating the Nintendo 3DS home menu. However, it will no longer be possible to place badges in the badge box, meaning that users will only have access to a maximum of 100 categories and 1,000 badges that are in the badge box. We recommend that users finish placing badges before the end of services for this software. And then they say that you can save them to an SD card, but if that data is lost, there will be no way uh, to reclaim it. So if there's any malfunction, anything like that, you would lose all of these badges and all this data. It would be impossible for you to get it back. So they suggest that you back up your SD and have multiple SD cards that contain that data if it's important to you that you maintain it. So I'm, I'm going to guess then that someone's going to shove it all online and you can just get these badges if you want to further down the line. Yeah. I hope so anyway. I I think that date's also significant because that marks the next financial year for Nintendo. And right. so I wonder if this like lines up with them just being like, I can't be bothered to, I want to tidy things to up. budget up like another year of having to maintain these servers and keeping it all online uh it's also worth calling out they do have a disclaimer here where they say please note they say we will announce a specific end date and time at a later date but 
please note that if an event occurs that would make it difficult to continue online services for 3DS and Wii U software, we may have to discontinue services earlier than planned. Which is I interesting. What that would be. I, and like, maybe, maybe that's just there as like defense, as like, hey, if we decide to do this, we warned you that that was a possibility, and they're you know, yeah, it's, so it's, it's PR, it's legal yeah. speak, right? You're you're protecting yourself uh, if you decide to change plans. However, that feels pointed, doesn't it? That feels specific. Like, what 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 would that be? What would happen that would make it difficult to do, and then you'd have to discontinue well, it early. maybe it's some, like new legislation or something because i know the eu has some like legislation and stuff coming in that that's means true. that you know uh, threads for example isn't even available instagram's new app isn't available in the eu to download because of some new legislation and stuff so it could be that they have to discontinue it in certain regions and they could just turn it off sooner rather than later it's interesting though you mentioned that all of the services are going to be turned off. There's like there's two apps in specifically that will continue to work after online services are ended, and they are Pokemon Bank and Poke Transporter, which and is good. It's yeah, it's really good news. At what point do you think they get turned off? Because I mean, they it, can't it, go on in, in perpetuity. It does say it will still be possible to use online services for the following software, but that may also end at some point in the future. I think it's inevitable that it will eventually end. But I think how I feel like for me, you don't end support of that until you make the old games that you need to complete a living Pokedex available on new software or on new hardware. Like you look at when they re-released Gens 1 and 2, right? Red, Blue, and Yellow and Gold, Silver, Crystal on 3DS. They played with the Pokemon bank. So you could take your Pokemon at that point from any generation of, of Pokemon all the way back to the beginning, and you could bring it up to the modern era. And I think that they're going to want to maintain that functionality. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think that's where you draw that line, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, I think you you can get them off now, right? Like that that's the the functionality is you can transfer them from the Pokebank to Correct. Pokemon Home. To Pokemon right? Home, which is the new and, and Transporter is what you use to take Pokemon off of uh the um Game Boy games. You can transfer or no, maybe that's not how that works. Maybe that's if you do that on the DS and then you take the DS cart, I, I forget exactly, but Transporter is basically you can take Pokemon from the old games into Bank and then you can use Bank to bring them to the home. Yeah, it looks like it comes from Gen 5, according to Bulba Garden. Okay, so Transporter would be the one then that you use with Gen 5 with the to move console releases as well from the old games. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's how that works. That then goes into Pokemon Bank and then they, you can take them from Pokemon Bank into and out of games right correct yeah okay i feel like there should have been a simple solution for this i don't know why they needed to rename pokebank to like pokemon home it's because like they're technically different they do different things now and it's like they're it's, it's a clear evolution of the service but i think the real answer is that they're trying to make you be able to take data from games that were made in 1997 to games yeah. that are made in 2023. And it's understandably a little bit difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand wanting to, wanting to do that as a, as a player, but yeah. I can also understand the technical challenge that, that probably comes with that. For sure. Um, but like, it uh, is really cool when you have like, like I know like trendy Brendy has talked about that where like he has like 
the starter Pokemon he used in his first run of like Sapphire or Ruby or whatever in Pokemon home now, you know? And it's like, it's yeah, been really cool. with him his entire career as a Pokemon trainer. That's really cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I never got into it for me. It was all about the catching shit. So I never got attached to a Pokemon. I never trained them up. I never did any of that stuff in, in those games. It's literally like, Oh, I just want to catch them. That looks nice. That's cute. And you know, yeah, like I, I have I evolved them. never, never cared about keeping them as they were. I know a lot of people, refuse to evolve like their starter pokemon i mean like i have the pokemon i used in gen 4 competitive saved you know and it's like there a lot of them are not viable now or like they're using old sets whatever but it's like oh like i won a tournament with this pokemon like i yeah. you know like i have those memories i'm like yeah like i, I got my registeel named tubs that i stole from my friend jared like that's you know i gotta have that on there and when i say that i'm gonna tell you the story because it's funny uh me and a bunch of my friends right we we all bought an action replay so we could clone our pokemon and give each other copies of the pokemon we had developed because at that point ev training and breeding and everything was such a headache that when you got an actually good pokemon it's like oh yeah like let's share the wealth we had one friend who would not share any of his pokemon and he was a total asshole about it and <laughs> and shout out to jared still a good friend of mine to this day but uh we were all hanging out at my father's house and we were like in our in my dad's pool and two of my friends were like okay we're while everybody's outside we're gonna steal his ds and go and clone all his pokemon and then trade them to everybody else in the group and i just come inside they're like hey go look at your ds and i was like oh okay Oh just my a God. box. Did, did he know about this? Did he find out? Or is this, he found is this out like, afterwards okay. because that afternoon we're like, oh, okay, like we're out of the pool. Let's all have some Pokemon battles. And all of us used his own Pokemon against him. And he was like, oh my you God. sons of bitches. So funny. I'd be so mad. I would be genuinely so he mad. Was. He was so mad. It was so funny, though. I think it's like I not like he lost anything, regard, right? Though. Like he he had all his Pokemon. Yeah. So. No, I know, but like the it's the effort, it's the principle of it, right? It's it the is principle of I trained them. Mm -hmm. They were my Pokemon, and you've taken them. You've and he gave them. them all name, special names, and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out oh there using God. your Pokemon with the name that you gave it. Whatever. <laughs> Were you able to change the names after the fact with the action replay, or were you stuck with the names that he Ooh, gave them? With the action replay, you probably could edit it. Uh, but if it was another, like in game, if you trade Pokemon with another person, you can't change the nickname if they if they had it because you know that's the original name. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think so. You're literally playing with him with the same name Pokemon, yeah. so he, oh, there was yeah. no way he didn't know. No, he definitely knew, and it was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I don't condone thievery, but I did benefit from it. So, you know, I guess I was pretty complicit there. I miss those kind of things. I really miss action replays and game sharks and, you know, game genies and all of that stuff. It's like, a yeah, they were great. It's, it's, a, it's a bummer that they've fallen by the wayside because, like, all, all the stuff they used to unlock is, like, extra features now. You know, it's like DLC. Yeah. And all kinds I of imagine stuff. you probably can do that kind of thing with, like, modifying memory and stuff if you, yeah. like, hack your Switch, for example. Totally. But yeah, then you then you can't go online. You miss out on a bunch of other stuff. It's it like, was cool when it was baked in, you know, yeah. and like it was so cool when you'd play a game and you'd like unlock a secret character or something because you went on cheatcc.com or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, like that was Putting that the right was combination or getting the cheats menu. Oh, yeah, I loved yeah. all that stuff. It was cool.
So uh, just to hit the other Q&As real quick in case anybody needs this PSA, right? Uh, will I still be able to play offline after online services end? Yes, right? All your games that don't require online play, you will be able to take advantage of and still use and download and everything, no problem. Uh, are you also ending online services for software from publishers other than Nintendo? With some exceptions, online services will end for all Nintendo 3DS and Wii U software. Please contact publishers for information about the online services for their software. So that's like where Pokemon Bank and Poketransporter like fall under, right? Those are Pokemon company software. If they want to keep supporting it, it will be supported, right? So there may be some third-party games that you can still take advantage of here and there, but um, that's going to be on a case-by-case -case basis that you'll have to figure out. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Will it still be possible to download, update data, or purchase software? For the foreseeable future, it will still be possible to download, update data, and re-download purchase software and downloadable content from Nintendo eShop. So again, it sounds like at some point that functionality will probably be discontinued, but for now, you're safe. Uh, so, you know, get your games, back them up, you're all right. When online services end, will Street Pass and Spot Pass no longer be available either? Street Pass uses local communication between Nintendo 3DS family systems, meaning it will still be available even after online services end. However, because Street Pass uses online communication, Spot Pass features, I'm sorry, because Spot Pass uses online communication, Spot Pass features will no longer be available. For example, you will be able to use Street Pass in Street Pass Me Plaza, which is pre-installed on Nintendo 3DS family systems, but you will no longer be able to use features that use online communication, such as re uh, receiving new panels in Puzzle Swap. Interesting. So there's, there, there's the long and short of it. I want to give you the PSA, you know, and uh, RIP to the 3DS and the Wii U. It seems like uh, every day they get a little closer to being in the in the far rear view of history rather than being the last generation of consoles, right? Um, you, yeah. you said 12 years ago now. It's a long time. Well, the 3DS even longer than that, right? When was the right. 3DS released? Like uh, 2011. And I was going to say 2011, time. 2010. Yeah. Yeah, a long, long time. My first year in college. And like that feels so much more of a generational leap than the switch did on for the wii u like in terms of a handheld the switch yeah. is just like nine day next to the 3ds it's it was the first time like i ever felt like i was well not the first time i felt like i was playing console games when i first booted up the psp but uh the first time i could take massive games with me like i never thought i'd be able to play skyrim on a handheld and i can with, with the switch which is which is was awesome it was an awesome feeling i think the switch was the first time it actually met that goal like you know how like back in <laughs> so <laughs> reminds me of this thing I, I think sierra sent it to me the other day or something but it was a, a picture of uh like a ps1 skeleton like graphics and it was like the ps1 can uh you know create like mind-blowing realistic graphics right and it's like well not really but at the time it felt that way and i feel like you know, the PSP and the 3DS and, and you know, the Vita, even to some level, like all those consoles had that air of like console quality gaming on the go. And, and it's like, not really, but it felt like it. It felt like, yeah, whoa, it really did feel like enough. it. Yeah. But the Switch was the first where you're like, no, this is, this is literally, I'm it playing the game of the year console. console. Yeah. Yeah. This is a yeah. home console, you know? And, 
yeah, I mean, I think what handheld means now is such a different thing than what it meant every other point yeah, in you, history. Yeah, because it used to mean like, oh, I get like a watered down, crummier version of a game I could play at home, right? Or it was like dedicated to more like indie style experiences before that was even a thing or like more like the, like old school kinds of games, right? Like, yeah, we don't make top-down Zeldas on console anymore. They're on handheld, right? Like, it always felt like a few generations behind, though. That was what know? it was, though, right? It's like you're mm. like Game Boy comes out, right? We're on the N64, but we're playing SNES games on the GBA, you right? Know, or the Game, or, or honestly, it was like kind of like more like GameCube and and yeah, SNES, GameCube, but and with yeah. N64, it was we're on 3D and 8-bit, right? Or we're on mm-hmm. you know 32-bit and 8-bit. Yeah, I'm playing, right? still playing Tetris over here on the Game yeah. Boy Color, and it's like. On some level, we're kind of still there, right? Like on our current gen consoles, we're playing 40, you know, or 60 FPS, 1080p or 4K or whatever. And on the Switch, you're, you're getting 30, you're getting 1080p. Some like they're really different compromises, though. The fact yeah, that the resolution's right. not quite the same and the frame rate's not quite the same. I can still play real top notch games yeah, on a handheld. For sure. for sure. And I think the Switch 2 is only going to improve that another step i think you're right i think you're right and we're going to talk about that in just a second but before we move on from from the wii u and the 3ds i want to i want to pull in a little little icebreaker conversation it's not the beginning of the show but i'm putting it here anyway okay because the real answer i don't have a new name for this segment of when i have a random question to throw at you so oh we need so, we need the audience to do it because they came up with a great name for a place question block on the steam deck podcast with steam docket we need another name for icebreaker what is yeah. an icebreaker? I think we have to define what that is for people to understand. I think for me, it's a question that is like, it's not a from the question block. It's not a listener question. It's more of like an open-ended, evergreen, kind of like thought-provoking question, you know? And I, I call it an icebreaker because I think of it as like when you're like at a new school or a new job or one of those bullshit things where they're like, all right, everybody, so sit in a circle. Tell us and, two facts and a lie about yourself. Yeah, like. It's that's the kind of vibe we're trying to cultivate here, though, right? Like it's like that, but questions you want to answer. So, I think take take from that what you will, listen, dear listener, and tell me what we should call this segment. But for now, it's an icebreaker, so we're gonna break some ice, Steve. I found this question over on the Nintendo subreddit, where one, uh, let me see, what was what was this guy's name? Oh, it's not loading. Mister Nice Guy, twenty six. Ask mm-hmm. the question, what has been the defining game for each Nintendo console? And then gave a little bit of, a, of an explanation here, right? It doesn't have to be the best selling or best reviewed, just the game that in your mind defined the system when you look back on it as a whole. For example, I think Breath of the Wild defined Nintendo Switch. It was the first game on the system that due to a massive, due to massive acclaim, uh, it was the reason that many people got a Switch in the first place. Conversely, the Zelda franchise has now grown massively in popularity due to Switch and is now on Mario and Pokemon's level of commercial success. I think that's a strong case, and I, I'm inclined to agree. I'm, I'm inclined to throw that out right now. I would say Breath of the Wild is the defining game on Nintendo Switch. You may go back, you know, years from now and think Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, but I would I don't say, But I would say I think that this makes a good argument in that, like, Breath of the Wild was the first hit on the system up until its sequel. It was the game many would argue was the best on the console. It's arguably the best in the franchise history. Definitely the most popular. I think 
you got to give it to Breath of the Wild for for Switch. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, and I, and I think these aren't you know y- your favorite games. It's no. it's definitely like it's the what defines the console, defines the generation. Yeah, yeah. So are we going backwards or are we going forwards? I uh, dealer's choice. We could go, we could go backwards I, from now. Because I think want. I think going from the bottom up, like from NES to Switch, is easier. Yeah, because I, I feel like earlier in the generation they were way more easily to easy to define like you know any we have hindsight too right like it's easier to be like oh yeah clearly 30 years ago like this is the game right like it but like the wii u is so recent it there's i think i I struggle with that one yeah i'm inclined to say for wii u i think it's either splatoon or mario kart 8 and i'm inclined to give it to splatoon because it was the new ip i think it was one of the defining games on that console and I think that up until the Switch, right, like, that was the, like, one of the defining things about Wii U was, like, Splatoon is really good. People love Splatoon. Splatoon's popping off. It's a hot new thing. And it was, like, people were so excited for it to come to I, I actually kind of think it's Mario Maker. I feel like that oh, was That did game. have a big moment. It had a really big moment. Yeah. I remember Miyamoto going around, doing the rounds, taking that piece of paper, showing everyone, like, how the original Mario game was created. And it really utilized the the touchpad, like the the tablet. Like it 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 took that to places no other game really did. I think yeah. for me, the Wii U is is Mario Maker when I think about it. I but I do like Splatoon. I feel like Splatoon got more of a following on Switch. I'd be okay with Splatoon, maybe. But I just feel like that was it was such a moment, and it was like so big in Japan, and like the way that it kind of. I don't know, it came out and, like, really made a name for itself. And I feel like Mario Maker had a moment, for sure, but, like, I don't know that that moment lasted, right? Like, it, I remember there was that point where it was, like, you know, Ross from Game Grumps was making levels, and everybody, it was, like, a viral thing. Everybody was playing these super hard. Mm-hmm. But, like, that didn't happen with Mario Maker 2, right? Splatoon is still around. Splatoon came out and established the yeah, first why I meaningful mean, I new Nintendo IP in so long. That's why I think it defines the generation with Mario Maker because I think I feel like, you know, that was that was one of the only reasons I wanted to get a Wii U. Like Splatoon. It also came to 3DS though, too. You know, you're right, you're right. It did, but that was the that was a real problem with most of the games on on the Wii U. You know, like there was very little reason to buy a Wii U if you were more of a handheld player because you could play most of the games on the 3DS. At least a couple of them, a couple of the big ones, right? There was that in Smash and. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of odds and ends. Yeah, but mm. like even stuff like Xenoblade came to 3DS, you know? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, let's give it to Splatoon, because I do think it, okay. it was it was a slam dunk. All right. Um, yeah. I just I like us really... I like us coming to a consensus. I think that's more interesting. I think we yeah, got a game. I don't think it drew people into the console, but the people that had it, I think, were really big into it. Yeah. At least in the West, anyway. But then I don't think it much drew people to that console in the West. It's true. 3DS, I'm kind of inclined to say New Leaf. I don't know if that's crazy. I feel like that really I is... I see that. I, I feel like Animal Crossing really found its legs on 3DS, and, like, New Leaf was such a big game, and, like, was such... It was, like, you know, bestseller... You know, it had the really good DLC later on. There's people that still argue that it's the best Animal Crossing. And I'm trying to think of, like, what are the other games from the marquee franchises on 3DS? 
And like Pajora's Mask is the other thing I think of. But like you know, that's that an N sixty four game. Yeah, I know. But it was a big reason I know a lot of people picked up a three DS. Yeah, no doubt. And Majora's Mask. And like the Ocarina remake was cool, but it's just like, you know, it's like those are remakes. Those are remakes of old games. I feel like Yeah, New Leaf, I I, I would agree with you. I think right? New Leaf. I feel like it's New yeah. Leaf. I feel like it's New Leaf. I like Yeah, because even the Pokemon games on that generation weren't really like but wow, inspired you know time, yeah. like it's like the first 3d pokemon that's cool but it's just like i don't know like i i feel like link between worlds is is a really great standout release it's the first like good but again it's like i don't know i don't is that console defining i don't know no in the same way i don't think 3d land even as console defining. no Maybe I, I fucking love that game that might be the best game on the 3ds i don't think it defines the console I think the 3DS. I think Animal Crossing. Yeah, New Leaf. All right. Okay. Wii, I think, is easy. I'd say Wii Sports. See, I was thinking it's either Wii Sports or the Virtual Console as a whole. Because I really think the Virtual Console did a lot for that generation. Virtual it went consoles. through with the Wii U as well. You could, it, you know, it was the first time you could you could emulate all these games legally on, on a console. ton of... Jap- Japanese only releases c- coming over and stuff like that. I think that was the first official release of like Mario 2 The Lost Levels and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool shit there. Um, I love that answer. I think it's fun and offbeat. I feel like it's cheating because it's not one game. Yep. And it's that, if I think about the Wii, it's definitely I'm thinking about Wii Sports and playing right. Bowling and, and you know, sticking stupid plastic shit on a end of a Wii remote. I think it's just like that. that is the game that communicated that gimmick so well it was in all the marketing like there are still old people bowling on on wii systems and you know <laughs> retirement communities and stuff like uh the i think the wii the wii sports was a movement in a way that like mm-hmm. i just think you can't ignore all right ds it's six 64 ds for me mario 64 interesting okay expound it was the uh, similarly to when I the first time I played a, a PSP, right? And I only used that example because I, I, I it was the first console I bought myself and played myself, and like was I remember it out. But same deal with the DS. I feel like I opened that up and I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, I've just come from a GBA, and this is now what we get. Like, what an astronomical leap! I'm playing Mario sixty four that I remember playing on a TV, just not not so many years ago, and now I'm playing it handheld. And I'm playing it on the go. So I like that answer a lot. I think that's one of the better games on the console. But I feel like when we're trying to nail the like that defines the console, to me, that feels like a bit of an outlier because I feel like most of the best experiences on the DS, at least for my money, are not that, are not, whoa, console quality on the go. And it's like, I feel like it's more of shit like Brain Age. It's shit like Brain Age. It's yeah. it's Nintendogs. And, and I think if you want to go for something like more traditional, I'd say it's New Super Mario Brothers. Because like that, again, right? That game was massive. That game sold mm. so many copies. And like it launched, it relaunched the 2D Mario franchise. Like that, that was such a moment for sure. I, I think I would give it to like Brain Age or Nintendogs though, because I think more about the casual market and like 
them making games for new types of gamers and being like, we're going to make games that appeal to older people. We're going to make games that are marketed primarily towards young girls. We're going to make games that are primarily targeted towards older women. Like that was that, that, uh, what is it? The, the blue ocean or whatever strategy like that is what I think of when I think of the DS, you know? I would agree with you. The best-selling game on the platform is New Super Mario Brothers, followed by Nintendogs. I think for me, though, it probably would be Brain Age. I just remember so many. Iconography was is yeah. so tied to the DS. I'm I, I'm inclined to agree. Let's go with Brain Age. I think I think those other ones are are solid reps, but I I think Brain Age. Brain Age really like I think is is a good poster child for that generation. Mm-hmm. Shout out so, to Picto uh, Chat, by the way. Oh, Picto Chat's great. You know, that was on my. Remember when we did the top 100 games list? Yeah. That was on my list. Picto Chat was on the list. Did you ever use Picto Chat, like, in a meaningful way? All the way? time. Me and my brother in the car. We'd be on the way, like, on our way on holiday or something. And we'd be, like, sending messages back and forth in the back of the car. Like, it was so fun. Dude, I. So I remember I had a couple friends that I had classes with, and we would. We would like mess it like to be texting each other in class on our and picto chat and i have this vivid memory of uh me and me and my friends who used to do our pokemon tournaments uh we we did a, a big tournament every year and we would do like monotype battles um so each of us would have like a type like i had a water team you know my friend had normal team whatever Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember there was one night where we had done the tournament, and then we all stayed at a friend's house who had like hosted, and we were all like in like, in bed, right? We're laying down all around the room with the lights off, and all of us just have our DSs open, and we're just drawing like these crass, gross pictures, and seeing like who can make everybody laugh while we're all trying to be quiet and go to sleep <laughs> it's just so stupid but it's like the type of shit you do when you're like a fucking you know 12 14 year old boy just like fucking around with your friends good time oh yeah good time yeah it was good uh all right gamecube this one i think is tough there's a couple candidates that i think stand out i mean when i think about what is what is the game i think of immediately it's smash Bros. Animal Crossing for me i think animal crossing is a defining game of the GameCube for sure. But like, I think to me, I think that when I think GameCube, I think about them upping the ante of a lot of existing franchises. Mm -hmm. It was the smash to the melee jump. It was the 64 to sunshine, which 64 is a better game, but sunshine, obviously beautiful, like fidelity wise was a real upgrade, you know, like the let's, you know, wind waker, right. And then twilight princess, like it, it was a lot Luigi's Mansion, a lot of games that really like ooze style, you know, and be and like HD, right? Like we're upping the anti graphically, like like the art direction of these games is really important, you know. And I, I think of Melee first because that game it's still played. It's still uh, one of the most played fighting games in the world, right? Like Melee cast such a huge shadow for years and the gamecube controller is still the controller you use for smash to this day oh. and that's because of melee god that game that controller fucking sucks like i don't care what anyone says it's awful it's, it's uncomfortable it's missing buttons it's, it's perfect terrible um i think the game at, for me is resident evil 4 i think it defines that generation 
It's one of the best shooters of all time. It's one of the most beloved games in that franchise, and it was exclusive to GameCube for a very long time. They managed that was a to huge get game on GameCube for the, sure. Yeah, they they managed to get Resident Evil over to to that console, and I think it defines a generation of Nintendo where they were struggling against the the PlayStation, which had come out of nowhere against them in the the N sixty four era, and they had to make they had to make deals and i i don't think i think it's either for me resident evil 4 or animal crossing but i'm not a smash player i and i don't know that i think of that console as the smash console i think of the n64 as the smash console because that's where it started but i know that melee is really the one that any, everyone plays i think melee is the one where it became what it is right i think yeah smash could have been a one-off fun thing melee is where it became what this the a, through it, line we still have to this day I, think. I mean it's it's a really difficult one because there's a lot on that console you know metroid primes there as well that, mm-hmm. that made its debut i think of wind waker as being a defining game as well like that and you know, f-zero pikmin you know all of those games in that generation they had some really strong new ip i even think of stuff like uh super monkey ball as like a distinctly sure. GameCube game from from Sega. Um, the Sonic Adventure ports, like obviously they were yeah. Dreamcast games first, but a lot of people played them on GameCube yeah. because the Dreamcast did not hit like that, you know. Like and and Thousand Year Door as well. Sure. You know? GameCube has a really a strong remake. library. It has a yeah. really and Thousand Years Door is another example of one of those games where it's like, oh, you liked Paper Mario? Up the ante, up the ante, right? Like mm-hmm. it's better. It's higher fidelity. It's a better script. It's longer. It's deeper um yeah the gamecube gamecube's got a really good library really phenomenal good library. library absolutely phenomenal library i i feel like i feel like it's gotta be melee i feel like it's gotta be melee for this one for me i i i, I really think it should be an animal crossing personally but we've already got an animal crossing on the list so you down or you want to flip a coin or what are we, we doing flip a coin. all right here's what we'll do i got a d20 10 through 20, Smash, 1 through 10, Animal Crossing, or do you want to go for Resident Evil? I think Resident Evil's I, I think Resident Evil's a better choice. Okay, we'll go with Resident Evil. I like Evil. Animal Crossing more, but I think again, we're talking about that defines the console. I think you made a better case for RE4 as being a defining game on that console mm-hmm. for me. Okay. We'll okay, go with Resident we'll Evil 4 or Smash. Two. All right, we're going Resident, with Resident Evil. Evil 4. Okay. Is that going to be the only non-Nintendo game on this uh, list? Probably. I think so. Game Boy Advance is next. This is another one I find difficult. I don't. It's Super Mario World. When I think of the GBA, that's what I think of. I think of playing Super Mario World. I personally think of playing Warrior Land 4, but it's not. It's Super Mario World. That's why everyone was playing. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> It's definitely, it's definitely. Because again, it was like, shit, I can play SNES games on the game. Yeah. I've just again, come then from it's like, that is just, stuff. that is just like. It's Super Mario Advance though. You know, like it, it was a refreshed version of the game. It is a distinct title. I don't know. I like, I think you're, I feel like I agree with you on some level, but I don't like that answer. Because I, because I want to give that to the Super Nintendo. I would say is is 
probably Super Mario World. Oh yeah, maybe I I would think Link to the Past is the Super Nintendo. Good answer. <laughs> That's a good answer too. <laughs> Like that that is where we go back to as like that's the start of the Zelda. Are we formula. are we comfortable jumping around a little bit here? Sure. Okay. For NES, how do we it's feel Mario about Mario Brothers? And do we maybe lock in Mario 3? Mario 3? Oh come as on. Like, it's the original Super Mario Brothers. For sure. The original is unquestionable. But three is like I think three is like the best of that trilogy. Kinda... I think when you think of it, you're thinking World One One, playing Super Mario make... Brothers. You're right. You're right. You're right. I like. I like that. You're right. I'm giving it to you. Super Mario Bros. We'll go with for for NES. Okay. Last couple. All right. Let's jump around. Sixty four. Mario sixty four. It's Mario sixty four. Like right? nothing else. It can't be anything else. It could be Ocarina of Time. That's no, the other can. option. No, it can. You think of it, and you think of Mario's goofy face coming up on screen, and you're no like doubt. pulling around. But come on, like Ocarina of Time has been like the fucking game that defines Zelda until Breath of the Wild. It's right up there. If it's not 64, it's Ocarina. But I agree with you. I think you go with Mario 64. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Okay. Okay. Game Boy. Tetris. Pokemon Red and Blue. No, it's Tetris. Oh, it's not. You're crazy. The original Game Boy is Tetris. They're com they're combined. It's Game Boy and Game Boy Color, and it's still I know. Pokemon. I, it's not. It's Tetris. It is. You're so wrong. You're it's so the best wrong. selling game. One of the best selling games of all time. We're not talking about I the best selling game. The best game of all We're not time. Talking about when the... I think when I think of the GameCube, I think or when I think of the Game Boy, I think of Tetris. Yeah, but dude, like the. Pokemon single-handedly extended the life of the Game Boy by, like, fucking six years. Like, <laughs> like, come on. There's no way. There's no way that it's not Pokemon. It has to be. No, no. It is. It Pokemon is it's a Tetris. worldwide phenomenon. So, is, so was Tetris. Was. Was. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking, it, about the, we're talking about the game that defined the generation. And it's if Pokemon. you want to break this out to Game Boy and Game Boy Color, then give Pokemon Yellow its, its show on Game Boy Color. No! But... Get out of here! That's, that's nonsense. Get out of here. Pokemon Yellow. No way. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to look at this. We got to look at Let's see. Yeah. Come on, man. It's, it is also the best-selling game. How, how many copies? Over 10 million more. 10 million more. How many copies was it? According to Wikipedia, number one Pokemon Gen 1 inclusive is 46 million plus. Tetris, 35. Yeah, 35 million for Tetris. That's a lot. Yeah, it was not as much as Pokemon. Is that just on that console? Or are they lumping in all of the like reissues if if you are adding reissues that would literally only include on the 3ds which i don't think it is because i'm sure it's much higher than because that's the only time it's gotten a straight port every other time that it's a like a the re-releases are like their own games right it's mm -hmm. a different skew um this is one i feel like i can't budge on i i think it has to be pokemon 
I think it has. Man, it's I, I can't believe how long that com- that handheld went. Like it just it... Dude, and and that's the thing, right? Like I I want I want to point this out, right? Tetris 1989. Pokémon yeah. 96. Right? I and, know. And guess what? The next the number 3 game is Pokémon Gen 2 Gold Silver Crystal 1999. That console lasted 10 years, and it's only because of Pokemon. Well, by that point, it was Game Boy Color, which was yeah, just Yeah, but Pokemon was the events. whole reason that that was a thing. No, they no, I, they wanted the Game Boy Advance. They couldn't make it work. We ended up with the Game Boy Color, and they carried on with the Game Boy Advance. Right, but I'm telling you, po- like Game Boy Color, a huge part of why it exists is because of Pokemon. Pokemon breathed new life into the Game Boy. There's literally, uh, you listen to... Um, interviews with the the folks at game freak or even like miyamoto and <clears throat> uh wada and stuff at the time the game boy was waning and like the, the the like masuda the creator of pokemon was telling people that they were developing a game for the game boy and people were like oof really yeah that's kind of that's uh, that it's old right that's old hat now it brought it back it made it a thing again i mean the competition was the the Game Gear and the Sega Nomads. Yeah, so but I'm telling you, like, the, the console had, had fallen off, you know? I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, fine, you can have it. But I really do think strongly that it's Tetris. Which I think is I the best that. game of all time. You got, look, you got your Game Boy, you got your GameCube pick. We're playing a little ball here. We're playing a little hey, ball. Resident Evil 4 deserves to be on the list, you know? Even though I don't like the game, it, it defined the generation and other people like it. Not, I'm not here to speak ill of it. I'm just, you know, defining. I don't know. It's in the conversation. But I, I think you made a strong case for it. I do. And I, I think you're, I would say Tetris is number two. And, if, and, if, and I agree with you. If we broke these into two consoles, then it's easy. Game Boy, Tetris. Color, Pokemon, you're done. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Although I guess red, blue, yellow, technically not a color game. It worked on color, but it is a Game Boy game. It's there were a lot of color. games that were were on color, but weren't color games specifically. Right. Yeah. And then they got reissues as well. Like you look at the deluxe like version of Link's Link Awakening. Between, Link's Awakening, yeah. And it has like and a they, whole extra you get dungeon. black cartridge then. Yeah. 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 Great cartridge. Great cartridge. One of my favorites. Okay. So we got two generations left, and they're weirdly analogous. It's the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy Advance. They are weirdly weirdly linked, but I think the SNES for me, when I think of it, is linked to the past. It's Zelda linked to the past, and we don't have a Zelda game on this list. And I know that you know we, we don't necessarily think that. Yeah, we do. That's fair. I I really think that it's a link to the past. I think it inspired so many games. It inspired a ton of like that for me is where you look back. I know a lot of people look at Ocarina of Time, but I think they nailed down the formula for Zelda on the SNES. I'm going to give it to you. I think you make a strong case. And I think like Super Mario World for my money is like the perfection of the Mario formula. But I do feel like, platformers more define the nes than the super nintendo obviously there's tons of great platformers on the super nintendo a lot of the key games are platformers or have platforming elements no doubt but i do think you're right that like on super nintendo we did see more like 
JRPGs adventure games and, and action JRPGs, adventure yeah, like, and you like Chrono Trigger and we got a Mario RPG and we got a, we got Zelda. I mean Zelda. They weren't even sure of Zelda on the NES. Look at Zelda two. Like they weren't. They hadn't nailed it down. And then yeah, link to the past. A link to the past. Just like it. this is what Zelda is. And and again, right? You're right. A lot of the tropes that you think of as being Ocarina stuff do originate in in uh, Link to the Past, right? Like the dungeon order and like having specific items for you know moving forward mm -hmm. that kind of stuff like the, those kind of metroidvania elements yeah i like that so game boy advance i think it's mario advance when i, I guess yeah advance. i guess you know i'm i i i i don't know i don't know that i love this answer but i i'm sticking with it i think it, it, Do you it just not right. like it because it's a a game from another console that's like yeah. been re-released but then weird. why why do you feel okay with breath of the wild it came out on the wii u first no it's simultaneous come on yeah but that's you know it's like you could say it defined the wii u in the same way i guess i wouldn't argue it was that, developed though. as a wii u game sure it just happened by happenstance released on the next I, I would argue that's the opposite though it was like yeah. it by happenstance got released on wii u more so than anything you're not wrong historically but i feel like that's i don't know about all that right mm -hmm. anyway. what was the best you know the best selling game on the gba what do you think it was pokemon pokemon yeah, it was pokemon is it is it ruby sapphire or is it yeah ruby sapphire okay 16 million so it will jump down from its peak at 46 sure okay that makes sense that's kind of crazy to me that that's the best and it's that low i didn't realize the gba was like that much smaller in penetration than the game boy but I mean, in the Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy Advance sold eighty-one million units. The original Game Boy sold one hundred and eighteen million. So it's not that different, especially when you consider the how long its lifetime was. Yeah, and yeah. I guess you've got the Game Boy Micro and the the DS also play Game Boy games, and they were still making them, and there was a bit of crossover. I think it speaks to the fact too that there was probably just a lot more options on the Game Boy Advance. Like, obviously, there's a lot of games on Game Boy, but I think the number of games on Game Boy that are like S tier games is probably less than the number on Game Boy Advance. So it would make sense that it was maybe a, a bit a wider spread, right? Yeah. Anyway, so our final list here is NES, Super Mario Bros., Super Nintendo, Zelda Link to the Past, Game Boy, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, N64, Super Mario 64, Game Boy Advance, Super Mario Advance, GameCube, Resident Evil 4, DS, Brain Age, Train Your ba Brain in Minutes a Day, Wii, Wii Sports, 3DS, Animal Crossing New Leaf, Wii U, Splatoon, and Switch, Breath of the Wild. Great list. I am curious, and I'm, and I'm not saying you have to change the list. If you had to pick one Pokemon game for Game Boy of the colors, which would you pick? Oh, blue. And why? Blue's blue. Mine. Yeah. Okay. Um, not even yellow. You don't want Pikachu. No, I mean, like, I like, I like yellow, but I think for me, like, blue was my first game, right? I like, I like how weird and janky the art is and like yellow yellow i think represents like the shift where pokemon became a global phenomenon and it started being 
a different thing over time, right? Like you see some of the edges get sanded off and it become a little bit more, you know, um, uniform and, and like streamlined and, you know, and like there are good elements of that. There's bad elements of that. I think the sprite work in that game is still beautiful. Like it, it's great, whatever. But like, there's something about the rawness of, of red and blue that still really speaks to me. It's like know? those early Simpsons seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like season one and two, where you're like, they haven't quite found it yet, but like, there's something about it, you know. Yeah, Homer looks a bit weird. Marge sounds a little bit different. There's something yeah. about it, you know. I like, I like, I don't know. I I feel like it is such a bummer that like some of the danger in Pokemon has gotten kind of removed. You know, like it feels so clean and squeaky, and you know, like there's never a sense of danger or adventure the way that i feel like there used to be where it's like you could die at any time if you don't have the right team of pokemon if you're not prepped for this adventure right like it's you and your team of pokemon and your wits against the world whereas now it's mm-hmm. like every 10 minutes there's some adult coming to you know spray disinfectant on your boo-boo and give you a band-aid and it's like all right okay and maybe they realize that you know the story's not exactly uh very responsible you know let's just let the children out into the wild it's power fantasy let the kids have their little power fantasies anyway (laughs) that's my rant for today uh we're gonna we're gonna move along uh but before we do that i'm gonna remind you that this episode of nintendo noise is brought to you by our patreon producers for the month of october they are of course arnold j rimmer christopher valenz earth visitor gabriel hasselmeyer aka asobi pilkey snackigo tie the dude and wakahula Thank you all so much for your support over on patreon.com slash games. You're all the reals to the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. And for today, I wanted to give a very special thank you to Pilkey, one of our Patreon producers, because on the Flip Screen Games podcast this week, I did not update the document before we recorded, and I did not give you your shout-out. So I'm going to give you an extra shout-out here and on the next episode of that show. Thank you for being a Patreon producer, Pilkey. Thank you for joining. All right, Steve, we got another rumor that I want to run by you because it's it's mm. a multifaceted one and it speaks to our interests in a couple different ways, I think, here. Far yeah. Cry 7 is being, is there's there's murmurs about it, right? We're starting to All learn right, more about on it. That. Well, Start- pause on that. Before this, before this rumor was was available and, um, like, you know, was was doing the rounds, did you care about another Far Cry game? Had you, are you still interested in this franchise? Here's my thing. I don't know. Right? Because, uh, like, a bad game? I'm going to be out from a bad game. But if we get another Far Cry, if, if Far Cry 7 looks like Far Cry 6, I'm not even going to pick it up. Right? I'm, I'm not yeah. even going to entertain it. But if we get a game where we're like, hey, all right, Far Cry 5, Far Cry 6, Mm, you know, we got away from the roots. We we bloated it up too much. It's time to rein it in. It's time to get something back to basics. We're making a seven that is more in line with three and four. I'm in. I'm back in. And in, in you know, give me give me a good elevator pitch. I'm back in. But yeah, maybe. I mean, Assassin's Creed Mirage seemed to be doing it. Got seventy seven. That seems right. to be a return to form. So uh, totally possible for you to pull the plane up. It's not like the franchise has been in a tailspin for years, right? Like I enjoyed five fine. I don't think five is a good game broadly. I wouldn't go back to it the way I like to go back to three and four, but like it was serviceable, right? I didn't dislike it until near the end. And like 
six, I bounced off right away. And I feel like if that's the direction we're going, leave Far Cry in the dust for me. But three and four, two of my favorite games. Love them a lot. A lot of really good good time. I really like four. A lot of people don't like four. Um, more people say two and three are the best. But I, I really like four. I, I like I, four. I like Pagan Men as, a, as an enemy. And I just, I good, think good antagonist. I, they did a good job of like adding new stuff to be like, hey, like now you can ride an elephant. Now there's a wingsuit. Now there's this, whatever. But like, it didn't jump the shark. Whereas like five, I feel like is where you get to the point where it's like, all right, like it's getting a little too much, too zany, too crazy, too wacky, mm-hmm. you know. And then six, it was just like, like we never even touched the ground in that one, right? It was, it was just way out there, and. I, there was know. just too too much there. It was just too, too many much. Systems. Too many systems. Yeah, and the tone like, I don't was need off. To be making a camp and stuff. You the know? tone was was too funky too. Like Far Cry has always been like a bit of that like wacky kind of zany energy. But like, what made three and four so good is that they were grounded, right? Like the 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 stakes in three feel very serious, even the even when there are moments of crazy over the top action movie stuff, right? Like. You know, like the the pot field mission and that kind of shit, where it's like this is high octane, crazy triple A mm-hmm. Like, but then it's like, yeah, but the like the backdrop is like you're trying to save all your friends, right? Your brother's been murdered, right? Like, in four, you're trying to spread your mom's ashes. Like, there's a sense of stakes or humanity or something that grounds you in it and makes it feel more serious. And six got to a point where it's just like. I, I don't know, dude. Like, I got a a dog in a wheelchair and a, that and a shoots back, bombs. Back, yeah, it's it, like, just, what? it hit a point where it's like, this is too zany. It's gotten too crazy, you know? Um, yeah. So, like, I'm not excited for a Far Cry 7 out the gate in name up front. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm in Far Cry. Next Far Cry, I'm in. I don't, I, I have kind of been pushed, I think, to have reservation now. But, so uh, every franchise is always primed for a comeback. All it takes is one good game, right? So the idea that they could produce a Far Cry 7 that, you know, sees the reaction to 6 and was like, hey, like we missed the mark on that one. It wasn't as well received. It didn't sell as well. It's just it didn't hit the way people wanted to. Let's adjust. Hopefully that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll reserve judgment until I see it. You know, I don't know what the story's going to be. I don't know where the setting's going to be, what fictional country we're going to be pretending to be in now. So we'll just have to, to wait and see. But it seems like it might be coming to a Nintendo console for the first time. Which is interesting. As a launch title for Nintendo Switch 2, no less. Right? So according to uh, Universal Nintendo's editor-in-chief, Necrolipe, or maybe Necrolip, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce your name. Apologies. Um, but we talked about him as a source during one of our Switch 2 uh, stories pretty recently. So he's, he's a name that's come up in conversation a couple times around this. Uh, according to him, Far Cry 7 is slated to launch day one on Nintendo Switch 2 uh, simultaneously with the other platforms that it will drop on. So, you know, theoretically PlayStation, Xbox, PC, right? Uh, we don't know much about the game right now aside from its title, right? We know <clears throat> that the uh, Nintendo Switch 2 is supposed to come sometime late 2024. The current 
uh, window that's being rumored with Far Cry 7 is fall 2024. So that lines up pretty well, right, with, with what we've come to expect. The idea that maybe this is one of the big, you know, third-party uh, pieces of the puzzle for the launch window um, could make sense, right, for a number mm. of reasons. Ubisoft historically has had a better third-party support relationship with Nintendo than some of the other publishers, right? Like, even going as far back as the Wii U, they made Zombie U. They were one of the few third-party people to make an exclusive game for that console. Obviously, they've, they've I had mean, the I, I, feel, I feel like they'll put their fingers in any pot, you know? Yeah. Like, they'll yeah. do anything. If it makes NFTs, sense, right? Yeah, let's, let's jump on it, you know? It's like, well, they don't care. Yeah. Money's money, right? Um, <laughs> for them. And and like obviously Rabbids, right, has has been a big success for them over there, at least for the first one. Um, so yeah, I mean the idea that like they would come out and support Nintendo's new console makes sense. But I also think it just like in general makes sense to see more third party support based on what we've heard, right? If the uh, DLSS like does actually enable the Switch Two to keep pace with the current gen consoles, even just for a couple years, that does close that gap significantly between like what you need to make to have a passable, viable version of your game running on Nintendo's hardware, um, mm -hmm. even if it is at lesser capacity. And, like, it reminds me of those comments we heard from Bobby Kotick during the uh, FTC trial, right, where he was like, it was a mistake to not support the Switch and, like, not to have the Call of Duty yeah. games there and everything. And that, like, in hindsight, that obviously makes sense. But Well, I mean, time... I spoke about the fact that in, it was in those emails that he spoke about the fact that they've been briefed last year on the on the switch on the new console right and that they, they they can definitely get a call of duty on there they can definitely do something with it because it seems to be similar in power to the sure. ps4 from from what was being said i and, also and think it's it's important from the the rumors um that unreal engine 5 seemingly runs on this next console right. with with um the demo of matrix awakens we know that if Far Cry 7 is rumored to be moving to Snowdrop, Snowdrop already runs on the current Nintendo Switch, so we'll presumably run on the next one. They're using Snowdrop for uh, Mario Rabbids, so they don't have to port the Dunya engine that doesn't need to be moved over to a new console. They, they've they already done the work for Snowdrop, so they can kind of keep keep uh, going through with, with Far Cry 7, I would imagine. So... I guess my question for you is, what do you make of this? Do you think that this is going to be similar to like what we saw on the Wii U or to a lesser extent, the Switch, where you know there's maybe a short window where you get some of these modern games coming out on the next console and there's kind of this projection of like, yeah, yeah, no, like our consoles, it's weaker, but like, yeah, you can play the new third-party games here. And then that trickles down and we stop seeing those games come over or... You think it's really going to be able to match up with these these uh, current gen consoles? And like, is the the you know the DS DLSS solution that we've heard about going to be enough to bridge that gap? Uh, I think I think it probably is enough. I mean, the current consoles are targeting 4K. We had Starfield running at 60 frames per second at 4K. I think if you're targeting 1080p instead, you could even notch that down to 720p if you need to. With You could have dynamic resolution scaling go even further down than that if you want to. We've seen some of the later titles go down as, as far as like 540p on the, on the Switch. So as the console ages, there are ways you can get these games to run. And there's been these like those so-called impossible ports of games that I never thought would ever come to, to Switch, come to like Switch. Doom? It's like, 
Doom at Worlds. Uh, you know, Ark got a re uh, like a, a kind of uh, redo on on its port, which seemingly runs really well now. There's the rumor that Red Dead Redemption Two is going to be coming over to just want that rumor has been debunked. Okay, uh, it was it was a misspelling of RDR One. Okay, fair enough. Um, but you know, that being said, I think I I see no reason why Far Cry Seven couldn't run. Presumably, this will run only on the current generation of consoles, and this will be like a maybe a bit of a, a downscaled version. But yeah, you know, I've run I've run Far Cry Six on my Steam Deck, and it runs just fine. I expect the Nintendo Switch Two to be comparable in power, if not even more powerful than uh, a Steam Deck. And so the idea that Far Cry Seven will run on it. I've got no no reservations. I think it absolutely will will be fine. I think I don't necessarily see it as a launch title for the Nintendo Switch. It would probably be in that launch window in the same way that Skyrim was, but I don't think this is going to be one of those titles that we think of as, oh, this is the launch title for, for the Switch 2. Um, it'll probably be in that like month or two after the switch releases we'll see far cry 7 and i would not be surprised if far cry 7 gets pushed into 2025 anyway um ubisoft games get delayed pretty regularly um so i wouldn't be surprised if we saw far cry 7 slip especially as we've heard nothing about it so far do you think do you think that there's like a risk of this turning into a series s situation where the nintendo switch 2 becomes like the lowest common denominator and it's now like you want to hit that benchmark because obviously you want Mm. your game to be sellable on as many consoles as possible right and then it's like do you do you go through the effort to take advantage of the highest end on the ps5 or the series x if ultimately like you're going to be basing the ceiling of what you can do on what can run on switch 2 or do you not have that concern based on what we know about this ai upscaling and like that maybe we're just at a point where that doesn't matter as much anymore. And that like the difference between these consoles is maybe more akin to the difference between like a mid range and a high end PC, right? We're sure it's going to run better. It's going to look better. It's going to be sharper on your PlayStation or your Xbox, but it runs serviceably on switch. If you don't care about 4k, if you don't care about 60 FPS, if you're comfortable at 1080, 30, like you can play the new game, you can play the new hotness and then, and it comes with you on the go. I kind of think that's what it's going to be, and I wouldn't be surprised if we find that with DLSS, it's putting out comparable images to the the Series S. Um, Hearing Digital Foundry something. say that the the difference between DLSS and native is is basically imperceptible to most people gives mm. me a lot of confidence that that might actually be a legitimate option for them. Yeah, I would. Which seems I would crazy, not right? Like, when's the last know? time that? nintendo is gamecube i guess right and even then it's iffy but like it's it's been a long time since like every third party game came to nintendo consoles it's like not really ever been a thing and well it's it's, been a long time since they've been on that cutting edge of technology as well yeah i think the gamecube was there it was a 60 hertz powerhouse in terms of the games that that we we got a lot of them ran better than they did on the ps2 but that didn't matter because people were buying a ps2 so they could watch dvds and they had a playstation before and there was reasons why that, that and there were just tons of games that didn't come to gamecube right like like stuff like grand theft auto well, you were whatever, you right? they were like, stuck with with lower capacity discs as well which shouldn't help them so they really kind of pigeonholed themselves with a, with a lot of things this partnership with nintendo i think really will 
um, will prove to be the right choice for them in terms of power efficiency, you mean with technology, Nvidia? Yeah, with with Nvidia. Sorry, um, I I really think that it, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see whether ARM versus x86, which is the kind of the the winner here. We there were rumors in the the leak from uh, the FTC and the Xbox leak that Microsoft were looking at potentially ARM for CPU in their next console, and they were going to make a decision in 2023 as to internally what they were going to go down. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to see. And they're also talking about, you know, for the next generation, AI-powered upscaling similar to NVIDIA's DLSS technology. I think that is going to prove to be very really powerful and a, and a way we get a lot of these games onto the console. That combined with support for Unreal Engine 5 means that people can bring these, developers should be able to bring these games over a lot simpler than they did before. And plus, they've also done a lot of the work importing engines to the current Switch Presumably that work will continue over into the to being able to play those games on the Switch too. You know, if if Ubisoft has already ported Snowdrop, well then they've done that work and they can make Far Cry 7 work relatively simply. It's exciting but to think about. I I don't think the kind of lowest common denominator really matters. It matters for third party games, sure. But when I think back of the games that look the best play the best are the games that really kind of define the consoles they're the first party games you know look at the last of us part two. Oh yeah look at um, what nintendo's able to get out of their console this is like, going to be it's not going to be those third party games for the first yeah. party right like the first party games are going to look incredible i think it's more the question for me of is far cry 7 an outlier in wow yeah that was like one of those third party games that was there at launch that's kind of neat and then two, three years later, right, when it's time for, or, you know, four years later, we'll say, when it's time for Far Cry 8, does that still run on this Switch 2? Or have we hit a point where the gap between those consoles makes that no longer viable, right? We saw that with the Wii U. The first year of Wii U, they were like, Mass Effect 3 is going to come to Wii mm -hmm. U. And Batman Arkham City. And was that? We got Call of Duty Ghosts, and then they just stopped putting out Call of Duty think, games on that. I console. think Assassin's Creed had a release too. So it's like you had those games, but then it was like the next year. It's like okay, well now none of those, none of those but games sold well. Because, they didn't run well. It's yeah. Was it because they didn't sell well? Because they'd only like had they sold thirteen right. million consoles by that point or whatever. Yeah. It's like that's probably the reason they dropped support. It's like we're putting in all this effort to sell to a restrictive audience, whereas the whereas Switch now, 2 is going to sell like crazy because the Switch yeah. 1 sold like crazy, and everyone that's got a Switch 1 is just like, well, I want the new one. Right. I want the more powerful one that can run these games. So, of course, you're going to put the effort in if you're a, a publisher to yeah, get your games I, on the console. I don't think supporting Nintendo seems like a gamble this time around. I think it seems like, oh, yeah, we got to do that because it's just opening us up to yeah. this market that buys games aggressively. And I see that. And I guess the question then becomes, like, what are the technological limitations of that? And based on what you're saying, I, I, you know, and I'm, I think I'm inclined to agree. It seems like they might not hit that, hit that same roadblock that, you know, has historically been the problem. So it's interesting because I, I would love to see a, a future where – you know, those of us in the audience that only play on Nintendo, right? Or, like, that's the primary place you're playing. Like, they can get into, like, a Far Cry, or they can get into, uh, you know, uh, 
Elden Ring or something like that, right? And, and I mean, not... it'd be nice in 2028 not to have to buy three different consoles, you know? It'd be wonderful if the majority of games come to Switch and I want to play exclusives on the PlayStation, so I buy one of those, and it's like, oh, now I've only got to buy two consoles instead of three to play games in all, all sorts of different places. It's like, buy all of them. You're better off having all three of them. That's, you know, the agnostic. I honestly would love to get to a point where I don't need to. Like, that I can stream the Xbox games from the cloud in 2028 sure. or 2030, and I can, like, play the PlayStation games on PC, and I can have my handheld, like, Switch 2 or Switch 3 that plays the Nintendo games and plays the other games I want to play really well locally. Like that would be a, a dream come true. Whether it happens or not is is yet to be seen. But I think I could see it at a time when it you know it comes to twenty twenty eight and the next generation of consoles are out and the Switch Two is only three years into its life cycle and we've got another three years. That we're in the same situation we're in now, where it's just like I I think it's kind of becoming a bit stale because we've got the next generation that's come in. We're seeing the games yeah. that those they the that, those consoles are getting and the Switch Two is no longer getting them. But that's where first party fills in the gaps, I think. That's where Nintendo needs to step up in the same way they have in the last year to give us these like games out of nowhere that we had no idea about and give us the Tears of the Kingdom that we're waiting for for years and years and years and truly deliver on on kind of the the Switch's dream of being able to play home console games on the go. Yeah. And I think if if it's only first-party games on Nintendo. I think that's enough for most people anyway. Like, that's the reason yeah. a lot of people buy those consoles. I think that's the thing for me is, like, ultimately, I don't think I would ever play these games on Nintendo consoles anyway. Like, I, I think the third-party experience is probably always going to be better on PlayStation or Xbox just because they're more powerful systems. And Well, and they've also got the infrastructure, you know? Like, do I want to play yeah. an online game on, on Switch when I can no. have party chat or connect to Discord? Or and like have like a decent friends list over on Xbox. No. Or like other simple shit. Like, are you a trophy hunter? Do you care about achievements? Like, are you really gonna, you know, it's like unless there's an advantage to having the game with you on the go or something like that, you know, I, I don't know who makes that call. But I think it's more for like we have plenty of people in the audience that like the they only have a Nintendo console or like that's you know, where where they pretty much have to play their games, right? Because they don't have a PlayStation, they don't have an Xbox, they don't have a PC those people I think would really benefit, right? And I would be exciting for them to be able to get in on some of these other, you know, big AAA releases, some of the games of the year that, you know, they've been kind of edged out on. Would be nice. It would be really nice. I and I I think I could see it lasting a little bit longer than a few years. I think probably until the next generation comes, I could see third party support staying. You know, this Far Cry 7's development probably started on the last-gen consoles. Far Cry 6 came out on last-gen, and it was a cross-gen game. I could see that Far Cry 7 started development then. I mean, what, it takes, what, six, seven years to make one of these games at this point? A AAA big game? Yeah, pretty much. So there's no way that this game started development on current-gen hardware. It was probably already targeting last-gen hardware, and they've probably shifted over to current-gen hardware. Maybe. I don't know. I... The timeline there is rough because that game. Think about it, Far Cry Six came out. No, I, I'd, I'd be actually be willing to bet that they did target new gen consoles with this one because Six came depends out when they got the. It depends when they got the dev kits for sure, Series sure. X and PS Five for sure. But like, think about it. Six came out when those were already in existence, right? Because you were playing it on Steam Deck. Far Cry 6 came out in 2021, but we're only we're only three years into this generation. They came out in 2020. So 
if the if this started development on like if if Far Cry Seven started development on the same timeline that we think most AAA games take six to seven years, it had to have started before those consoles were released. Yeah, but that's the thing is I don't think it's on that timeline. I don't think that they started pre production on this game before six was done. So they've uh, so it's going to be what a, a three year development cycle. I mean, think the game came short. out. The game came out in twenty twenty one. Right, so and it's supposed years, to come next out year. next year. That would be three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you already made the point that you don't think it's coming out then, and then it's going to come out a year later. No, so I don't. That, yeah, so I can't it's four, see. I can't see it. And that's yeah. that's a lot more realistic. Because yeah. like, yeah. a five or six we had development five years between the previous one. I think came out in twenty seventeen. Right. So it was, I think it was five years between five and six, which I think is pretty reasonable. You know, especially if there's like some level of assets you can reuse like things like that uh, yeah that's the thing with this one you know it's rumored to be in a different engine like how much can you bring over i don't know they reuse assets from another game like i guess they might be it's looking at question. the division and go in we'll take new york city from the division and bring that over and we'll reuse all of that yeah i don't know it's a good question it, it makes that timeline seem aggressive either way right yeah, I mean, maybe Ubisoft needs to be aggressive and get some games out because they've been struggling. I mean, there's the argument to be made, too, right? That, like, maybe that game just needs less development time because, like, think about... Yeah, yeah, like, think about what do we not said, put like, the camp systems and don't yeah. put all of the bullshit with, like, sending off people to do missions that I don't ever see. All that and stuff just sucks, and stuff. you know? It's like that yeah. game was in development for five years, and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like you could cut two-thirds of the system and it would systems and it would be a better game. Yeah. So maybe that's oh, the you got, you yeah. Got, I got an emergency alert. Sorry. <laughs> um. So maybe that's maybe that's part of it, right? Is that like it is scaled mm -hmm. back and like it is going to be shut up? Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. It's a it's a planned thing that they did, and they needed to send it to me in two languages, even though I don't speak Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. which you know my phone knows. So interesting to send me two of them. But thank you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that flustered me the second time. I went, I went through the first one. The second one threw me off. So, point being, uh, if if maybe they are going to go the Assassin's Creed Mirage route and be like, what if this is scaled back a little bit? It's more focused. It is less like the map doesn't need to be huge and sprawling like that. Like, you know, I, I'd argue that Far Cry 5's map was a little too big, right? So it's like, if we scale it back. We I mean, it Far Cry Five was just also a bit of a boring game in retrospective. Like, it, yeah, I just didn't find that fun. I don't think America was a great setting for that game. No, it just wasn't. No, and it's like, I, like, I don't know. There's a broader conversation to be had with Far Cry, right? And like the things about it that are problematic, you know. But like. I was so down. I'm like, yeah, whatever, cool. We can do it in America. But it's like, man, like, you're asking me to suspend so much disbelief. Oh, the disbelief that you're not going to come looking for a fucking FBI agent that's, like, all of a sudden gone missing or whatever. And now you're not getting into this area of town that's been overrun by a crazy cult. No, yeah. come on. No. Also, just, like, the AI in that game was so, like, busted where it's, like, you couldn't stand on a street for, like, more than three seconds without, like, ah, oh, another wave of guys, wave of guys, wave of guys. And it's, like, God damn it. How are there this many people? How is it, like, isolated rural Montana, but there's billions of fucking guys for me to kill? Whereas, like, 
<laughs> what I thought is so fun about three and four is like that sense of you being like, I'm I'm Rambo, like I'm alone in the jungle and I'm like And you waiting. weren't a cop, like you were like a normal Joe. Just some dude person. like yeah. trying to survive. Yeah. Like, that that was the that was the beauty of those games. Yeah, it's like you need that fish out of water. And I think it needs to be a fictional country so that you can be like you can change the rules, you know, and be like, yeah, yeah whatever. It's like fictional country based on a real one, you know, like yeah. Far Cry 6 was clearly Cuba. Far Cry 4 was clearly India. And like they could pull that back, though. Like it doesn't like I think Far Cry 4 is clearly influenced by India. But like, was it Karat or whatever? I think is the country. Yeah, something like that. It's like, how much does that actually feel like India versus like six is like it's it's cuba right like it's this is cuba like i don't know it feels like very on the nose compared to three and four it feels a little bit more like this could be you know you know a bunch of different countries in like this part of the world right like it's it feels like it's a little bit more i don't know i don't know far cry seven's got an uphill battle for sure but i hope it's like most ubisoft games you know that's the Uh problem with not have many hits I'd, I'd love to love another one i'd love to like have one that i'm excited for and want to go to bat for we'll see what happens um i want to i want to end on this question today you know what okay here's the thing steve we missed last week we're gonna answer both of these questions all right so we'll be judici- judicious with our time here <laughs> okay okay first one this one comes from that doc guy who wrote it and said given that nintendo will functionally exhaust its triple a lineup of series this year with mario wonder what do you think is next in the pipeline in terms of releases? A new Zelda, a new Mario, a new Pikmin even? I have two answers immediately. I think a 3D Mario and a Mario Kart are probably two of the games that are next because Mario Kart 8 at this point is a decade old. Yeah, right? it's Mario Kart 9 coming We know next, what Mario Kart 9's got to be. Wait, I actually wait. really, really want them to make that a live service game. And I know that's a really daunting thing to hear, but I want that to be Mario Kart, just called Mario Kart. And you can just keep adding game packs, keep adding characters, make it so I can come on and there's seasonal things I unlock. It would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'd be very happy with that. And hit me, with, know, and hit me with a smash ultimate level of everyone is here. Give me every racer, every yeah, like, but make it make everything. it so I have to unlock them. Give me a yep. reason to keep coming back to play. I don't want it all there at the beginning. Give me the season same way pass. That they weren't all there for Smash. Yeah, right. Like, give me like a season pass where it's like, hey, like if you want to get this skin, you got to play this season. Like, do that. Like, lean in. You know, it's exactly what we talked about with Splatoon, right? Where it's like, it. I hit a point with Splatoon where I'm like, why am I playing? Right, like for what? Like, no, what am I, I was doing? exactly the same, and I didn't care about any of the stickers or any of the stuff in the catalog because it meant nothing. It was like, oh, cool, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't care about any of this. And it's like so much of it was cosmetic, and it's like I, I look fine. I, I'm good. Like I feel like I've got nothing left to work for other than being better at the game, and like the online mm. functionality was not good enough for me to want to play like that. It just, it just didn't have a good carrot at the end of the stick for me. And like Mario Kart Eight is obviously fantastic it has a ton of content like i think all you can really do is just give us another solid game with more shit to do right and like i think you're right leaning into a platform leaning into like acknowledging that this is going to be a game that's going to exist the entire length of this console and that and probably gonna... into the next one you yeah. know just like just don't you don't need to give it a number just call it mario kart people buy mario kart yep mario kart live or something like that i don't know like yeah. give it 
Or just call it, yeah, honestly, I really would just be fine with Mario Kart. Just sure. call it Mario Kart. But I think that's definitely... Mario Kart Ultimate, you know? You can call it that if you want yeah. to do the Smash Brothers thing. That's got to be coming, though. Like, that, that has to be one of the first yeah. things on the new console, right? Uh, oh, like, ahead of that, though, it's Metroid Prime 4 for me. Like, sure. I really think that's, that's probably the launch title for that console. Yeah, maybe, like, the cross-gen thing, right, that they like to do with Zelda, usually. I think, I think most things are cross-gen. I think the current Switch sticks around for a, for a long time. I think at least two years. Yeah, I think it. I think 2025 is probably where it is done. I think, actually, Furukawa said as much, that they're planning to support it into 2025, which is reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. 3D Mario is the other one for me, right? Like Odyssey was 2017, several years ago now. The idea yeah. that they have another one in active development, I think, makes a ton of sense, right? Obviously, Mario Wonder is right here. That's kicking off a new era of 2D Mario. The idea that you want to follow that shortly up with a new era of 3D Mario, and hopefully one, or not even hopefully, but I would say probably theoretically, one that takes some influence from the new style of wonder or the movies or like kind of like and that could take a lot of different shapes right but that could be like more voice acting right and like having the characters have like bigger louder personalities and talk a lot more like something more akin to like sunshine right or that could be uh you know it, it could just be whatever the next gimmick is in the way that odyssey was the next gimmick right but i imagine it's gonna be a new fresh art direction, new style, new gimmick, something that is like, hey, this is the new era of of 3D. Mario. Honestly, think Odyssey two would be okay though. You can just go and explore more you worlds could. and just you know just keep adding characters. I think if that's what you were gonna do, you'd have done it personally. Yeah, but yeah, you're probably right. I'd also love a different story that's not Bowser. You know, something fresh. Something right, like, and and I again, like, maybe that's something I love about Sunshine. I know you don't like Sunshine as a game, but the Shadow Mario and like the 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 mystery there and the story. I just want to clarify my opinion. I like Sunshine as a game. I just think it's the worst 3D Mario. But saying that you're the worst 3D Mario is like saying you're the worst meal you've ever had at like McDonald's. It's like how bad was it really? Like it's probably still still pretty good, right? Like it's still it's an eight out of ten, I would say, by like most other games metrics. It's like. That game has some serious problems, I think, that keep it from being... It does, you know. It was rushed through development, but I still mm-hmm. think it's a it's a good game, and I still like Lots it. Lots of charm. And, yeah, and I really like the story. I like the Ardolfino setting. I think it's good, you know. It's nice. I, I would like for them to do something different. I think even if you keep Bowser in the main role um, for villain... Like switch it up. I don't like, know. Like I liked Bowser's Fury, where he wasn't in that role, and it was something new. It was, and it's cool. like he was though, but they did it in a different way, right? Like he's still the main mm. antagonist, but it's not Bowser. It's like Bowser got turned into a monster. You know, it's like yeah. they subverted it in a way that made it feel fresh. And I think that's what you need to do. I think even if it is Bowser again, like it shouldn't be Bowser capturing Peach, right? It, it's it's got to be something else. I'd like Peach to have more agency in the story. Kind of like what we talked about with Wonder. Like, I that, think she I think probably will cool. after after her outing in in the Peach game. What's that called? Peach Showtime, Princess Peach Showtime. I think that's right, Princess Peach Showtime. And then um, and the movie, right? Like the, the the we're we're getting a new characterization of her as a leading lady rather than a damsel in distress. And I think it would yeah. be wise to move away from that. Um, and I like, so. I'm sure they won't move away from it forever. It's going to happen yeah. again. But sorry, what'd you say? Yeah. It's been a long time coming. The story's stale. It's we're boring. ready for a new angle. Yeah. 
I also would love a new IP. I really hope there's a new IP coming because it's been a very long time. It's been very, very long time. It's like ARMS, right? Like they did that. And they yeah, I mean, they tried Labo <laughs> and then the, the Garage game. And it's like, you know, I, don't really care I guess you stuff. could say Snip Eclipse was one. You could say the Good Job was one if you want to count those smaller titles. But they they're not franchising. From them. Like they're, yeah. they're games. And like, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are great. But like, I don't think that's the same, right? Like ARMS, Splatoon, like that's what we're looking for. We're looking for something that's like a new IP that has series potential. And like uh, what, my real hope is that they make something that's not multiplayer because I don't really think that's their strong suit. Like I think couch co-op and everything, sure. Like obviously Smash is great. You know, uh, Mario Kart's great. But like, uh, like I think something that's more traditional would be really cool. I would love to get a new action adventure series with a new character and a new gimmick or like just something that's not oh we're gonna do a shooter we're gonna do another fighting game it's just like ah you guys do not i just i feel like you've proven that you can't support a game like this right like arms i liked arms a lot but there's not that much to do you run out of shit to do very quickly if you don't have people there to play with and like you can't depend on that that's not going to build a franchise and like platoon we got three of those in how many years and it's like three is not that different from one again that's where they need to hone in on the we've got to make a platform thing yeah because if they'd have made a platform and it was like you can keep buying map packs you can keep buying dlc and you keep getting new modes like that's where i'm just like you know what yeah i kind of am ready for a bit more splatoon and i will yeah buy the new maps and i will want to keep it as a thing in your constant diet not like i'm gonna play it for a few weeks and then burn out you know Mm mm-hmm so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'd love a new IP, and I'd love for it to just be something that's like a little bit more traditional, whatever. Something that means. I would, I would also really like is another Animal Crossing, but I don't know that that's coming for a very long time. So, oh, oh wait. Okay, I mean, bro. let me like. I think it's probably a ways away, but like, it's like three years, four years out, I think. right? That's probably right, because I'm trying to think, when did New Leaf come out? But then I also wonder where, why we need a new one, because because New Horizons will work on the new Switch. It's going to look fantastic. It still plays great. Like, it's a really good game. You've Oof, got all the New Leaf was 2012? Stuff. Yeah, it was, a, it was like a... It a, was eight years. Almost, yeah, it was a long cycle. Maybe, maybe we're a couple years away from that. Yeah, I think Animal Crossing is probably a way off. I think the other ones that you said here, Zelda, Pikmin, right? Those are probably far away. We just got new entry- entries from them both. I think Donkey Kong. I love Kong a 2D Zelda, though. Like a 2D Zelda. 2D Zelda, I, I can see. For. I think a new Donkey Kong is the other thing that makes sense. We've had that yeah. rumor for forever that EAD made a team to make new Donkey Kong games. There's a new Donkey Kong movie coming. Donkey Kong is kind of back in the public eye after the Mario movie. I feel like it makes sense to, to you know, uh, close that loop at some point and and whether that's a new 2d country style game whether that's a new 3d action adventure game i i think donkey kong is ready for something new too the final thing final point on this before we move on to the next question i think f-zero is is coming back we've got f-zero 99 and i you think, think that's a, a test in the why. waters kind of thing yeah i think there's a reason why i think that they doing that it's like hey you're really into f-zero 99 here's f-zero gx remastered because i could see them just bringing over the gamecube game that'd be cool all right we're going to close things out with this question from andrew valentine who wrote in and said after i'd finished cry laughing at phil spencer's insistence that nintendo's future is quote unquote off their own hardware 
the idea of a takeover in the semi-distant future started to feel inevitable. What are the chances of Microsoft buying Nintendo in the next 20 years? What would that look like? And would you, like me, have to quit games if that happened? Well, I'll start by saying, uh, I, I think you can stow those fears, Andrew. I think unless Nintendo's fortunes change in the next couple of years, I think they're very safe uh, from acquisition. I, I, I don't think it's inevitable because they currently are sitting on a mountain of cash. They have a ton of money that they're just sitting on. Um, they are coming off of one of, if not their most successful console of all time, depending on how the next couple you know, months, years shake out. Um, I think they're teed up for a, a successful successor to that console if they play their cards right. And I think when you look at the advancements that they've made in the last year and change, they're only getting stronger and more uh, versatile as a company, right? Like with uh, the Nintendo Land theme park, with the Mario movie, the Mario movie generated a billion dollars at the box office. That is them as a company that, again, is sitting on billions of dollars and has been strongly profitable this entire console generation, found a new, a whole entire new revenue stream to, to make billion-dollar movies, theoretically, probably a couple times, right? Because we're going to get at least two more Mario movie sequels that will probably do the same, if not better, at the box office. You imagine Zelda's going to find that same success. You imagine that you know they've got a couple more at-bats where we could probably see a decade of Nintendo movies the same way we saw a decade of Marvel movies. Uh, where they're dominant at the box office. And if that's the case, even if all of them are not billion-dollar generators, even if they're close to that, that's a ton of new revenue from them for them coming from areas that previously were not channels of income at all, right? So, like, for Nintendo to be at a point where they're vulnerable for acquisition uh, by anybody, right, let alone Microsoft, they would have to have a couple really, really tough years and like the Switch 2 would have to be a failure in the way that the Wii U was. Like th their fortunes will really have to take a turn before they're at risk of uh, of being acquired, unless that was something that they wanted to do. And I don't think that that's their goal as a company because I think they see themselves as uh, a, a a pillar of of intellectual property in the way that something like Disney is. And and no, no compare to Disney, man. Disney is like hemorrhaging cash. Like they've got no money whatsoever. They have they are four hundred, and uh, they are forty eight billion dollars in debt. Disney, and they are having to sell all of their their TV TV like stations. They're going to sell ESPN, ABC's going. They've got no money. The only thing that makes yeah. them money is the parks. Like that's it. Well, the movie industry is having a time right now, <laughs> but. <laughs> You can't you can't base that on like that's not uh that is not really indicative of like their overall strength as a company. It has more to do with the fact that we're ex we're living through multiple strikes that are hemorrhaging money for that industry, right? Like But you look at look at Netflix for example in comparison to Disney like they went from strength strength to strength and they still are and their stock is way up. Like they knew that strike was coming well, yeah. Disney did not prepare for it. But like a all. year a year ago they we were having conversations about that they might go out of business, yeah. right? So yeah. point point being, right? Fine. Remove I, the remove I the film industry though, from it. I, I, I do think though it's more likely that Microsoft buys someone like Disney than they buy someone like Nintendo and they take that IP. You take the Marvel no IP. Why? They're not worth much. Yeah, 
Disney is not worth much in the grand scheme of things compared to to someone like Microsoft. Like they could buy Disney if they wanted to. <laughs> no, they could. Would... <laughs> they could. Yeah, they could. I would not be Dude, surprised. Dude, they just struggle to like... acquire Activision. I all right, okay. I would not be surprised if someone like Microsoft or Apple acquired Disney. Like it would be a, a good purchase for them. Yeah, you offload the parks. You offload the parks. You keep the bits you want, and then someone else takes those over. You there's know, you there's no universe where that happens. There's no universe where that happens. And like again, I mean, we're getting off topic. We talk about the games industry, but like you can't look at a company's valuation right now during a difficult period and like ignore the fact that they own about two thirds of the IP that mm-hmm. are worth anything in in the in the world, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, like the the some of their parts are worth a lot of money. You know, apparently Wall Street doesn't think so at the moment, and I don't. I don't well, yeah, know why. because the film industry is not producing anything right now, so of course that's the case. That's my whole point. Is like, yeah, they right use now the film industry, it's their like Disney Plus, their hemorrhaging subscribers, and you know, right. like I know but, that, but that a, all a ties back to exactly this, content, though, right? Yeah. Is there's no content being made. So of course yeah. they're hemorrhaging money. And like but, the point about the parks, the parks are still making money because you don't need to make new movies for people to go on mm-hmm. roller coasters, right? That's, you know, it's, is what it is. But like, that's not something that's going to hold forever, right? Like we're going to see that rebound in the next couple of years as things start coming out again. Don't get me wrong. They also just put out a couple of movies that were big flops. So we'll see what that means. But um, point being, I think Nintendo is only becoming stronger as they become a multimedia company rather than just a games developer. Agreed. Right? And so I and I do think that their their future is correct, as Phil said, is off their own hardware. And I think that's because they will probably make a lot of money from movies and TV shows and theme parks that is outside of, of video games. Yeah. I think they probably see they they're going through a transition to an entertainment company and yeah and i don't think that that is i don't think that that's to assert that that means that they're going to stop making hardware that video games are not going to become a focus of their business i think it's just that they're realizing that there's a lot of money in merchandising mario and zelda and whatever beyond making games right and mm-hmm. that like a mario movie has the ability to you know, penetrate a different market and generate a ton of income and then also just raise the the uh, tides, right? Because if the movie's successful, you indoctrinate a whole new generation of kids to love Mario. And then when the new Mario game comes out, they buy it. And when the Mario Legos come out, they buy them. And when Mario's a toy at McDonald's, they go and get a Happy Meal, right? Like, that's, that's the name of the game. And, you know, for... Y- y- we've talked about that on flip screen this week with sean Layden, right like sony's trying to do that too right there's a reason that they made an hbo series right and there were so many gamers being like do we need this who's this for just play the game it's like it's not how that's not how these things work right like you you make the movie or the show or the whatever to get people to go back and play the game that came out in 2009 oh and then you just re-released it that's another reason for them to go and play it it's like it all feeds back into the games business, right? I think at the end of the day, Nintendo is a video game company. But now they're realizing that you can take the love and the affection that you generate for these IP and 
you know, explore that in other places, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you brought up the Disney parks. That's that whole model. It's like, oh, yeah, you connected to this movie when you were a child or you are a child currently and you connected to this. Now you can go and experience it in real life and give us more money. That's the model, right? And it's like, it works. And yeah, I mean, which is the same. Is that, you know, I think Nintendo's looking at Disney as what worked for them and, and kind of following suit with the movies, with the parks. I also think... Just making you know, the IP go, ever present, right? Like, it's like yes. it's, it's a thing everywhere. Yeah, Mario is, is a Mickey Mouse. Like, he is identifiable as, as a, a character every child knows at this point and it's it's crazy i think thinking about andrew uh, andrew's question um i could see them buying nintendo in the next 20 years but something drastic would have to happen to nintendo in order for that to happen like you know the next two consoles they put out would have to be a disaster they'd have to lose shitloads of money at the box office on all of their movies the parks would have to like close down and everything uh, that's <laughs> going their way would have to turn <laughs> Right. Yeah, it would really have to turn. They'd have to do like a, have to pull a Sega, you know. Like it would have to yeah. be a disaster in order for them to to be acquired. Um, and I also wouldn't quit games if it did happen. I'd be sad. I'd be sad to see such an iconic company with with wonderful IP disappear and be probably rebadged as Xbox. But Xbox I play a lot of games. I play a lot of games on a lot of platforms, and um. You know, they're not all Nintendo games. Like, I, I enjoy a, a wide variety of video games. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'm obviously, you know, Nintendo fan born and bred, but um, also a PlayStation fan. I'm also an Xbox fan, right? Like, mm -hmm. I love the, the medium uh, so much, and it doesn't have to do with loyalty to any one company or developer or artist or anything, right? Like, it's, I'm going to play video games until they stop making them. <laughs> That's 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 the reality of the situation, right? Um, but obviously, it would be a huge blow. You know, you would you don't want to see that for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say I, I think I think you're pretty safe. I, I think the idea of of Microsoft acquiring Nintendo or anyone acquiring Nintendo right now seems um, really hard to fathom. You know, I, I I could see that happening to Sony before Nintendo for my money. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what Sony's market cap is, but it it can't be that high compared to 103 billion. So they're in, they're less than Disney. I don't know what Nintendo's is. What did you say was uh, Sony's? Sony's market cap is 103 billion USD. Yeah. And Nintendo's is 53 billion. So they're they're worth half of You're Sony. You're over here saying. All you think that Apple's gonna buy Disney? They've got like barely any cap above them. <laughs> what are you on about? Apple's worth two point seven trillion. It's not what I'm seeing. Apple's market cap is insane. Let me see. So search for the market cap, not the stock valuation. Apple's worth oh, two point seven trillion okay, dollars. Okay, okay. Like they're worth a lot of money. Like they could do a stock swap and just like take them, no problem. You know. If they if they really wanted to, they could. And since Bob Iger came back as CEO, he's been like talking about flogging everything. He's like, "Yeah, we had we got forty eight billion in debt. We really need to start clearing some of that shit. So uh, we're gonna have a fire sale. Who wants ESPN? Who wants ABC? You buying? I'm selling." <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, I what's what's the Nintendo's market cap? Fifty three billion USD. Come on. 
but they've got 18 billion in stock. So that's the problem. Like uh, you've got 18 billion in cash. So it's like, what do you do with that? You, you, they could buy it if they, you can't do a hostile takeover, which is what Phil was talking about in the email that Andrew's referencing. They can't do a hostile takeover because they've got 18 billion in cash. Nintendo could just buy the stock themselves and then no one else can buy it because they own the stock. It's off the market. So at that point, it's just, it becomes untenable for you to be able to acquire them through, through that means. Right. Yeah. Which is like, well, what we're saying, right. It's like, they would need to, they would need to blow through all that cash for that to even be a possibility. Yeah. Well, someone did the math on Reddit. I, I did a quick Google. They'd have to lose $250 million a year and they could do that and still have enough money in the bank if they lost $250 million a year to stay in business until 2052. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. They could fail for 30 years before it was a problem. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it makes me wonder what their plans are with that much money. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a war chest against a hostile takeover or an acquisition, and, and probably part of that is is they're worried about, um, you know, the, the Saudi investment fund coming in and, and buying more stock they probably wanted to to have a bit of a war chest against that yeah but are they planning to acquire anyone are they planning to like invest this in something else like that's a lot of money to just keep in the bank i mean that's the thing like they have been quietly spending and investing it's just i don't think that they're like going on a spree like that you know it's like like think about it. like they started them their movie studio that was a serious investment right like they, they made inroads there they you know i'm sure that they spent money and uh, and resources towards the the partnership with Universal and developing the park and everything. Like they are using it. I think it's just like, I mean, like, do they need to spend a bunch of money to go acquire another studio and then have to manage a whole other? Like, it's like, why why rock the boat, right? Like, it works. Mm-hmm. Their their product is, you know, their their primary product, right? Is is the Switch, which is a massive success. They sell it at a profit. The library and is... they never then they never sell their games on sale. They always sell them at full price. They've not had to do and a single price cut for the whole generation. Yeah. The the value of it and the cost of it has only gotten better as inflation has gotten worse. Like I feel they're like they're in it's a like, really what, strong position. They're it's like in the why strongest the position. They're in the strongest position, I think, of the three platform holders by far. Yeah, easily. Right. Like, again, if, if Xbox didn't have a war, ch- like they, they're owned by one of the biggest companies in the world, they can do whatever they want. Sony obviously is not right. Like PlayStation is a huge part of their business and their success. And it's definitely yeah. more precarious and more volatile than Nintendo, because, again, at the end of the day, I think and this is this is why I was uh, bullish about the, the Disney thing. Right. Is that like IP is valuable. IP is more valuable than anything, period. And hundred percent, yeah. Leveraging and IP I, I, well is what Nintendo does. I I still am amazed at how cheap they got Star Wars for, <laughs> like it, all of Lucasfilm for. It's, it blows my mind. No sense. No sense. What for? What they got Marvel for? In retrospect, right? Like Marvel was like a struggling company at the time. It makes sense that they came out the way they did. But it's like you're telling me that Bungie is worth more than Star Wars. Okay, and Indiana Jones, like he, they got Indiana Jones with that as well. It's like, come on. Okay, okay, sure, sure it is. They probably made the four billion back already. On probably, dude. Yeah, are you kidding me? They added the the Star Wars section at the Disney World. 
yeah. parts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. They made that money back in fucking merch. In just merch, they made that money back. No question. Since they bought it, they yeah. bought it in like, what, 2015, 16, whatever? There's no way they haven't made $4 billion off just the rights to, like, yeah, yeah, you want to buy, yeah, a million just shirts, shirts, toys, like, go build a lightsaber in Disney World, cost $200. Like, there's no fucking way they haven't made that money back, man. It's insane. But, you know, George Lucas walked away with $4 billion, so it's like, yeah, he's happy. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit, right? Like, it's, it's sure he's fine. He's doing great. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, so I, to, to put an opinion on it, don't worry about it, Andrew. I think we're good. I think you, you're far more likely to see Nintendo gobble up another company than vice versa. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I, I don't think they will, though. They'll buy like smaller studios, support studios, but they won't buy. They won't buy IP. Then they never seem to care about that. No, I, I think unless there was a scenario where, like, another company that, like, I think if Bando, Ban, uh, Bandai Namco was struggling, I think I would they would acquire them because like they have a relationship with them, and it's like, yeah, great, cool, we'll own Tekken, sure, like whatever, right? Heck, man. Sure, yeah. Um, I could see something like that, you know. But barring that situation. The problem that- with those kind of companies, though, is like, it's everything else that comes with it. It's like, they've got their fingers in arcades and anime and toys yeah. and all of that other shit. And it's you like... sell shit off, though. Yeah, you kind of have to, or just take the bits that you want when you buy in the first mm-hmm. place. Yeah. It's like you said, right? You, you sell off the parts that aren't relevant to your business or aren't profitable and take what makes sense. Keep the development studios, keep the IP. Yeah. Again, that's what it's all about, right? It's IP. That's why Embracer Group's just been writing checks for t- all this time for uh, seemingly for nothing, right? But they're like, if we own all the IPs, we'll figure it out. It's their own yeah. Strategy. I mean, Amazon quietly does it as well. You know, it's like they own MGM and James Bond, and it's kind of crazy all the stuff that these companies just snap up. You don't even realize who owns it at that point. It's like, oh, who owns that again? Yeah. It's like one of three companies. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, PepsiCo. Yeah, they it's, bought it. It's they probably bought. Disney. And if it's not them, it's probably Warner Brothers. And if it's not them, yeah, who knows? Amazon, Amazon Netflix, Netflix Apple. Yeah, one of them. You know, one of those fun. other losers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so there we go. We gave you a, a double long episode today. I hope it made up for last week. Yeah, sorry about that again, you know. Hey. And Max will be on to talk about Switch 2 at some point, because no doubt this ain't the last time we're talking about Switch 2. No doubt. No doubt. All right, gang. So thank you for joining us here for another episode of Nintendo Noise. Remember, if you want to write in with your thoughts on this or any other episode of the show, uh, make sure you hit us up. Questions at flipscreen.games. Come join the Discord. Keep the conversation rolling between episodes. Uh, However you choose to get involved, flipscreen.games is the website where you can find links to all the places we are and all the ways that you can get involved and show your support. However you choose to get involved, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nintendo Noise. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week.